That L Word Podcast. Do you need the leadership work? Can you even love? A podcast about leadership and everything that people are afraid to say out loud. Do you love yourself? Because if you ain't leading yourself, how can you lead a multi-million dollar corporation? We're on, or we're talking about uh, traveling and going to these beautiful places and um, overcoming boundaries. What I was just going to say, <laughs> it's interesting talking about like the lead in is, is we were talking about all the travel and running and mm-hmm. doing all this stuff because um, that plays into boundary setting. And Morgan is experiencing that right now probably more than anybody else. Lord have mercy. At least anybody <laughs> else in my circle. <laughs> you you got to learn, man. You got to learn to set, you know, I, I have a, I have a couple clients that um, as we start to set boundaries in every aspect of their lives, right? Um, their lives started to change and they actually started to have more time for themselves. Um, and that doesn't mean you do nothing. That means that you have more time to look within, to have personal growth, to enjoy life, like, and not just exist for everybody else's benefit, you know? And, um, you, me, let me not for you, me, what's going on with me right now is like, as I transition out the military, I have this 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 very small glimpse of scarcity, right? And and I'm the only one, so everybody's listening because they're probably thinking the same thing Jody was when I told him that I was worried. Why are you worried about, right? <laughs> like, you doing this and this and that. I said, yes, I get that. Um, but I have this, you know, I come from, a, I guess, a poverty-type background. We were, we were poor when I was little. And so, you know, scarcity is like when you have it, you want the much you can get of it. So if I'm popular now or I'm getting all these trips, like I want to take advantage of it more and more and more because like I have this thing in my mind that if I don't allow it in, then I'm going to miss out and never get it again. It's like you're blocking it out. I'm like, no, I don't want it. Correct. Instead of saying, not right now. Yes, and that's the hardest thing to do. And um, and we do that, I mean, even our, even with relationships. Like, you know, uh, we do that in, 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 the, in the workplace, right? We... we you know, especially in a, what's big in the workplace, we don't have enough boundaries, right? And so their lines are steadily crossed, and it actually turns out to be way more work than setting the boundaries up. Like, because we're scared, like, if we do this, this is going to happen. But guess what? People will adjust. Change will happen. But when you have none, it just it causes almost a, like a level of chaos in your own existence. So I've got this weird mental image, and maybe it'll land, maybe it won't. But when I was young, and dinner was served, my food couldn't touch. Right? I know, I know adults like that. That, always, that doesn't even make sense. I know. It, it couldn't touch. It touches on the inside. So, but there's, there's boundaries <laughs> there, right? Like right, the corn right. can't touch the mashed potatoes, and the mashed potatoes can't touch the turkey. Now it's like all— I put it in a bowl. Yeah, and my mother-in-law <laughs> calls it uh, my pile, right, like at Thanksgiving. But if you think about this in the context that we're talking about, if you don't have boundaries set up, healthy boundaries set up in your life, you're essentially making my food pile mm-hmm. of mixing all this stuff that becomes, instead of delicious, which my food pile is, it becomes overwhelming. And you can't discern the corn from the mashed potatoes from the turkey, right? It's all just this big, massive clump. Like, as you're talking, that's what I'm thinking about. 
No, it is. It's, it's, it's things bleed into each other that shouldn't be where there should be some like my, my, it's no difference. Your self-care should be your self-care. Like I, I tell people all the time, if I give you, if I tell you to take a rest day or a day off or a recovery day, that doesn't mean go add a thousand things to it. Right. Right. That's, that's, and so we don't do that. We have a day off. We like, okay, well I have more time to put other stuff in there. But that's not what we're doing. Say, like, oh yeah, life is we got you got to catch up and things that. No, that just means you're poor time management, right? Your life needs to be shifted. There's some things that probably should be removed because you're doing too much. Because all these things that we have to do, that we tell ourselves that have to occur, relationships that we have to have, or places that we have to be, none of those matter if you if your tank is empty. Like if you can't be present. Right. And that's the biggest thing that I've learned in this. Like, if you can't be like, I can, what, what did, I was going to counseling. This was some years ago. And the counselor was like, do you spend quality time with your family? I was like, yeah, hell yeah. I, I, we do this, we do this, we do this. And then she's like, well, are you tired when you get there? Yeah, probably exhausted. Mm -hmm. Do you want to be there? Probably not at all. You'd rather right. be taking a nap. Yeah, you'd rather yeah. be taking a nap. She said, so said, so if you're tired and you'd rather be doing something else, is that what you call quality? And I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> well, and, and the same thing can be transplanted yeah. onto the, the professional setting. Imagine the leader who's coming in who doesn't have anything left in the tank and doesn't want to be Can't there. Can't show up. Just, they're just existing. They're just there. They're they're taking up space in the universe, but they're not bringing, that, not bringing any value. That's right. Whether you're the leader or on the team or whatever, or at home, and it's it's all this boundary setting type of stuff. But we are, well, why do we do that? Like, why do, I, I think, you know, I say that it's scarcity for me, but I think it's scarcity for all of us because we think if we stop doing it, if we do less, then we're worthless. Huh? Uh oh, if we do less, we're worthless. 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 Lord have mercy, that was deep even for myself. <laughs> right, but that's just the truth, right? Yeah. Because the society that we, we that we we exist in is like more is better. If you have you know if you work more and you have less sleep, that's better. When that makes no sense scientifically. <laughs> right. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Uh, the more hours of work you week, the more productive you are. Mm, I can I argue that one too, right? Because I know people like myself, I don't work that many hours a week, and I'm pretty damn productive. And yeah. I'll get more done in one day than some people get done in a whole week. I, I think scarcity is <clears throat> definitely one of the key components. I think another key component is, is um, oh, I just lost it. Can't lose it on podcast, I know. I should have written it down. Right now? Um, damn, it'll come back to me. Hold on. Scarcity and, uh, oh, people pleasing. Okay. People pleasing is another big one that, that allows people liked. to jump over yeah. boundaries, right? So, you know, whether it's personal, professional, whatever, mm -hmm. you don't want to say no to people because you feel like, they won't like you then, or you feel that you owe it to them, mm -hmm. or that then you're not being productive. I mean, there's any number of things that that could mean if you tell somebody no. I, yes, I've, I've caught myself. And it, 
I can. I, what I try to do is think about the people listening to this, and was like, well, you know, you got to do things that are nice. You got to, you know, you can't, you know, you got to be uh, meet them in the middle. And sometimes we give ourselves a lot of excuses, right? Why we have to do something, but it doesn't have to be done. Right? Well, it's because it's easier to mm-hmm. say yes than it is to say to no. say no. And uh, you know, one thing that I've been, especially when it comes to people pleasing, uh, when I've worked with some clients and. Um, that saying no is not easy. It seems very um, abrasive. It seems uh, it's, it's not, sometimes it can be mean or some. I've heard people said, you know, if you say that's disrespectful, like, but but that's not what you really want to do. Yeah, but you still should be. You still should do it. And I've literally heard people say that, like should things, should be should. the key component. You, you, you still should be doing it, but shouldn't you be happy to? Right. Like, shouldn't you want to do it? Shouldn't you take care of yourself? Should, yeah, but and we don't think of it that way. We 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 go off the rails when 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 somebody may give us a you know cold shoulder or different like knowing that guess what they just probably not for us but the what I was getting at is like I always teach people to say a soft no right um, I learned this um, a few years ago and I teach clients about soft nos um, in anything I think soft nos can it's a boundary setting one on one. And so most of us, we the way we think of it is like, you know what? I don't want to go with you to the store. And you're like, oh, how will that person take that? Because you're when when you say it and when you think it, it sounds so, so. But a soft no would be like, I would love to go with you next time, but this time I'm just gonna sit here and just have some time by myself. But that's okay. When I just wrote this down because I didn't want to forget, no with an explanation. We feel compelled, most people, I know I do. If I say no, I feel compelled to provide an explanation. And I've learned and I'm learning and I'm evolving into the fact that you don't always have to provide an explanation. Oh, you got to tell me. Okay. Why? Why not? Why do we feel compelled to to give an explanation? That goes back to people Answer the question that ain't been asked yet. It goes back to people pleasing, <laughs> yeah. right? So if somebody says, "Do you want to go to the store with me?" No. No. Now you might say, "No, I'm tired and I, I don't feel like going out." That's the explanation, though. It is, but and so maybe there's a difference in between an explanation and a promise for future, uh, not retribution. Not what am I trying to say? Like you're making up for saying no now by promising something Rain in check. the future. Yeah. When maybe you don't want to do that I either. No rain check. So what if somebody said, "Hey Morgan, I'd really love for you to come to speak to whatever this group." Then and it's you a group don't I don't want to go in in general. And so you, d- there's a difference between saying, "No thanks, I'm really not interested in that," or "That's no thank you, that's not my area of focus." No, we, I get that one because like I've literally done that. Like cause I, I've had a group that, you know, they I know that they're you know. Uh, Budget was not in my range, and you know uh, it was lower than what I w- what I would expect from a client. And um, so yeah, maybe so maybe we can you know connect in the future or something like that. And I'm like knowing that they, it ain't gonna be any different, and then they're gonna damn near want it for free. And I'm not even in the future. I'm still not doing it for free. Well, and that's what I'm saying though. So there's a difference between saying no, you know, you're not my target audience or whatever, like providing that immediate explanation without a promise of future. We often find ourselves, especially in the people pleasing mindset saying no, but maybe later I will instead of just giving them. And this is maybe the difference between the hard and soft. No, it's why do we do that? Yeah. I mean, but like we so worried about how they're going to perceive us. That's what people pleasing is obviously. Right. Is how how am I going to be perceived if I tell this person? No. 
uh, and we take on their judgment or the, their their. You brought up respect earlier. I would argue that it's, you know, you you don't want to. Somebody says, "Oh, it's disrespectful mm-hmm. to say no." Well, it's disrespectful. I would argue to lie. That, well, to lie, <laughs> yes, and to ask something of someone that they're not willing to do. You know, in a way that they that makes them happy. Right. So, if somebody asks you to speak and you say no, thank you, that's not my area of focus. Sound like sound like the another episode that we did recently. Honest love, and it is a part of being honest with yourself. Really sitting honest down with them too, because they because well, we like. Would I rather tell them that I don't want to go? You know, I'm gonna make all these excuses, or just tell them like I I never actually really want to go. This is not my thing. And which is more respectful to that other person? It's it's the equivalent of leading somebody on. It's the person. Like, That's the problem. It's the, always the other side, though. Like no, it's I, because you can't control other people. You can only control yourself. Let's put this in a dating context. Okay. I'm at a bar, right? Okay. And somebody comes up and says, "Can I buy you a drink?" And I'm not interested in that person whatsoever. Or let's say you go on a first date. So the date, you go on the date, the date doesn't go well. Nine times out of ten, somebody will say, oh, well, maybe we'll go out again some other time. No, it ain't the truth. When it's not the truth. Instead of yeah, just I saying. Did, I didn't enjoy myself. I think, you know, I think we, we, we shouldn't try again. And right. Or I just. a great night out, but I, yeah. I'm not interested anymore. Thanks for a lovely evening. I didn't feel the chemistry. Right? Something that's. Yeah, people don't do that. Kind but Not, final. So, because what happens if you say? There's a 50-50. I give it 50-50. What happens if you say, "Oh, well, sure, maybe we can go out another time" when you really don't want to, and then that person just keeps like texting you and calling you and whatever. It causes more more you, headache than them good for both of you because you're having to deal with that. That ex, that's you're extra them bandwidth. Because when they finally figure out, or you've been, and you've basically you've done, wasted somebody's life. You've done more damage to them in the long run. They said it's going to skew how they date later because they were led on by... by mm. Now let's transfer that into the workplace. Happens all the time. Yeah. You know, hey, I'd love to be a part of that project. Oh, well, that team's full. Maybe we can get you on the next one. No, you don't want them on none of them. <laughs> or that that's not the right fit for that person. Right. That This is not a project for you. Imagine <clears throat> promotions. Somebody be, and I've seen this, Morgan. I've seen it so many times. This Somebody's happened to me. This. I've literally had somebody. I remember being non recommendation for a promotion. I think I was a sergeant or something. I was in my twenties, early twenties, and they said, "I'm not going to promote you because if I promote you, I'm going to have to hold you accountable to a level that you're not prepared for." Well, but I'm thinking too of of like <clears throat> somebody who's being strung along. You're robbing them of the opportunity to say, "Okay, I'm as high as I'm going to get in this organization." But that's not what I aspire to be. Am I ready to move on and do something because else? Because you don't. Mm, I've seen that too. Both. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like that's you a don't have to. Re, you don't have to person. retrain them. You don't want to have to like go through the same process you did to get them there to get the other person there. Or you just don't. And assuming that that's even the case, because you might get the next person and they we might not even have to do all that. Well, you just. I'm talking more like you don't even have the courage to tell the person you're tapped out here. Same as the date. Like, no, I don't want to go on another date with you. You you are 100% right because I can't even fathom that. That somebody's – I can't even see it. I don't, think I've, I don't think I've ever heard anybody doing that before. Like on a date? No, in, in, in a workspace. Oh, yeah. I, I, I had to tell 
I guess I'll tell a story, a Marine story. Um, I had a Marine, and he wanted to go Special Forces. He can't run. He can't swim. His is, you know, and I always tell people, people like, oh, I'm physically fit. I can do push-ups. My, my nephew, like, I don't care how strong you are. That don't, like, that's just a piece of the job. That ain't mm. the other side. Like, you got to be intelligent. You got to be a team player. You got, you know, you, you got to be uh, so many other things, you know, proactive. Um, and if you're missing the psychological and the mental side of it, like, you're still going to fail. You're just not going to fail the mental side. I mean, the, the physical side. And people kept telling them, it would literally – Put in your package. Put in your package, and and then they would come to me because I what I start telling them I was like, I'm not letting you go no matter what package you send me. I know you don't have the criteria. You're not there. I got friends like you and other people that are you. You can't. They, I wouldn't take you. So why would I let you go, right? And but everybody else said, well, give him a chance. And give him a chance. Why would I give him a chance when I know that he doesn't even meet the prerequisites? You want him to go, yeah, well, you should let him try at least. But this is not, this is life or death. Like, this is not, I need somebody mediocre. <laughs> like, and so say we let him go. Say I let him go out there and he's a, he's with a team and the, the the very thing that I'm afraid of actually is the one that gets somebody killed. Well, what boundary are you setting mm-hmm. there? The expectation of what, we're, what we were trying to create within – the special operations community, right? As in, um, special operators operate alone sometimes. They're responsible. Uh, I'm trying to prevent somebody, trying to let him know that to be realistic, right? And tell other people to be honest. Like, don't, don't, like you said, don't string them along. And, and so when I was the one, and, and so I had to be the bad guy because I'm the only one that would tell him the truth. When they literally were telling me what I was telling him. In, in face-to-face behind his back. Mm-hmm. What? Hold on. What? Like, I'm doing the right thing, but you want me to not do the right thing with him, but you're telling me what I'm doing is the right thing. That's that courage piece, like that, yeah. like, you know, and uh, leaders being able to do hard things, say hard things. And he ended up getting out, and he's doing his, he's doing his thing. I think it was the best thing for him. But I will tell you firsthand, like, the first time I said it was hard, probably the sixth time I had to tell him when he broke down crying on me and stuff like that, I'm like, bro, this is this is the best thing for you. It ain't meant to be. Uh, but it also reminded me that I had a responsibility to the organization to be honest with the people that are within it. And if I couldn't do that, then I wasn't doing my job to the full. Because it ain't all of, my job is not all about just – or, or any job I has, like, just give you everything you want to hear. I tell my clients all the time, you pay me to tell you the hard things, too. And if I'm not doing that, you should hire somebody else. Right. And so those those are good examples of, of those boundaries, being mm-hmm. able to tell somebody no. In your case, it's tell them no, you know, uh, to go do something that, that, that fits, they weren't ready you, for. Yeah, yeah. yeah, go do something that suits you, not something that doesn't. Yeah. So when we first came up with this topic, and I have written down, everybody knows we go like free form here. So I've written down boundaries in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And we kind of started off talking about personal boundaries right. and taking on too much. This bleeds into the workplace um, when you're taking on I think it's the same thing. I don't think, it's, not, I don't think it's bleeding. I think, I think that it's, it's – if you're not healthy enough to set boundaries in general – you're not healthy about set boundaries anywhere. And 
if we, if you don't understand the concept itself, you you let other people in in every environment, and the workplace will feel that tremendously, right? It could be relationship boundaries. It can be leadership to subordinate or subordinate. You know, you let the one boundary can be it could be you know top up and top down, where you can be you know the worker and you have a leader above you, but they say things to you that you don't feel or that should be said mm-hmm. or you don't like them or how they're treating you. Like you, I've, I've been in those cases where I had to set a boundary. It's like, you might do this to everybody else, not this guy. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, and the, sometimes it's very cordial and sometimes it's not so cordial. Right. Depending on, because what happens is if you let certain things go on longer, it becomes more, ingrained into to whoever you're dealing with and the the sooner so i would tell people if you're listening to this right or if you listen to this and you hear it then the sooner you set the boundary the less heartache and pain you both will have right um if you wait to set the boundaries and and then brush it off it's like oh it's okay well they don't mean nothing by that or you know they're just having fun or uh you know Whatever that is, all you're doing is causing more problems down the end. So boundary setting should happen the moment you feel it needs to happen. I, that's just that's my personal opinion on that. If you don't set it, you know, it's just like it's like a hole in your gas tank, right? You leave one hole in there, you say, oh, it'll just leak a little bit, but over time, it's that 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 hole gonna rust out. The pressure is gonna create more, uh, more. Uh, it's gonna allow it to grow. It's so it's gonna so it's gonna get bigger and bigger, you know. No, and I'll say the same analogy in, in a wound. Why do we take care of cuts and everything immediately? It's because if you let it fester, then it's gonna get worse. It's gonna it can turn into something else. It take your whole arm. It can take your whole body. And then it causes death. We don't wait to the last minute to triage things that need to be that need to happen now. We happen. We we take them on immediately because we understand, right, what the outcome could be, and to prevent that, that means we need to react right now. Well, and, and I think the more um, or the better you get at setting boundaries, the more boundaries you'll be able to set to protect. You know, it's I mean, easier. Well, it does get yeah. easier, and it, it is difficult to tell somebody no, or it is difficult to set a boundary and say, okay, you know, during this time, this is my nap time, or this is my self care time, or this is whatever time, and truly not let that get infringed upon. Because if it kind of goes both ways, the more you let people jump over your boundaries, the more it's going to happen. But the more you're able to maintain your boundaries, the better and more efficient you're going to be as a human. Because when you've got good, healthy boundaries set, when you do show up, whether it's, let's say, at work or with your family or whatever, you're going to be present. You're going to be there. Your whole self is going to be there because you've taken the time for yourself or, or whatever other boundaries you've set up have like factored into that. So if you're, you know, um, in the meeting or whatever uh, situation you want to imagine, you're fully present. I remember a client before, uh, I bit me in the butt when I first started uh, endurance coaching. And um, they always had this rule. It's like, you know, I get, and I still have it actually, actually I implemented now more than ever. Um, If you reach out to me, I'll, I'll respond within 24 to 48 hours. Right. That's what that was my regular, but with this certain athlete, I would respond immediately all the time, right? Just because again, scarcity. I was mm-hmm. worried about 
them not liking me, them, you know, finding another coach, them not, you know, not paying me and I can't coach you, you know. And so there was just one time, like, I, and it, it's it's always something innocent. And they was like, well, I didn't reply back, right? Immediately when my policy is 24 to 40 hours, but I never enforced my policy. Yeah. Right? I just allowed it to happen. And so – they were like, like, what's going on? Like, I, and then they got upset about it. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you usually, whoa. And then I got, I had to step back. And then actually, I didn't realize it when they first said. At first, I got offended. I was like, what the fuck, right? Um, like, I'm not on call one. Yeah. But I was responding like I was on call, and but a couple of days later, I realized like that that was a that was the environment that I had already prepared for myself, and. I had to explain to them, moving forward, this is how it needs to be. But I could have prevented that if I'd actually enforced my policy from the beginning. And I've learned that now, like to to, and I still have issues right now setting certain boundaries. Right, there's certain days I give myself off from coaching. Uh, Mondays being one of them. Um, that's why I don't schedule stuff on Mondays. I also, you know, I do things Tuesday. Usually Tuesday through Thursday because I like Friday just so I can unwind because I know my weekends are pretty big because it. You know, as a as a race coach, right? Then I'm people race on weekends, mm-hmm. so like I need to have another other day, and it just it took a while to, to figure it out, but it has gotten easier. Um, and people people the people that we are scared to 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 let down understand, and yeah, that, I mean that's that, I think that's that's the biggest piece of that everybody tries to avoid. We're trying to make everybody happy, try to make everybody like us, but you, you you don't have to force anybody to like you. Well, and the people that don't understand when you turn something down, decline it, say no, set a boundary, they're people that probably don't need to be in your life anyway. Mm. Like, they don't respect <clears throat> that you say, hey, that's not my deal, that's not my gig, you know, I don't, I don't really want to do that or I'm tired right now or whatever – then they're not showing you the respect that you need, Truth. right? Or that yeah. maybe that you deserve, I guess, as another human. It's like you—that's what you attract, right? Um, there, it's, it's so hard too. And but that, but with that, with that, that point, like people can be taught boundaries too, right? I think that's not only are you teaching yourself how to set them, but if there's a boundary that has been crossed a thousand times with the right people, you can recover those boundaries again yeah it comes yeah. back to that respect you just say hey you know i'm shifting gears or, or whatever you know I've, I've got to kind of reel this in because it's getting away from me because some people really lose they they like well you uh just the i mean it could be helicopter i mean parenting it could be a boss that you know um micromanager right um i for me i can't stand micromanagers like if you don't trust me to do my job then i'm trying to figure out why i, I exist in this organization um, and the more, the more you set that, right. And I think that's a boundary. I had a boss that always just tell me if somebody else is involved in your job that you should be doing, you should be upset about that. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, so what the, before I was just like, I would let it go or I would see people just like, let them take the run with it and go do whatever. And be like, whatever. But what I learned is that now your career is at the whim of what, however they feel they interacted with you, right? And then now you don't do anything. They don't know that you feel that they're impinging on what you're trying to do, and you're 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 internally keeping that. But what I started to do is 
I started to, you know, I had a couple um, leaders where I had to say, hey, you pay me to do this. You, uh, you, I work for you to do this. Allow me to do it. Like, if I fail, like, hold me accountable. But, like, at least let me get to that point. And when it happened, it prevented all the negative evaluations and all the, the other things that could that could come of that. And they saw me take pride in what I do, and they respected me more. Right? That, and that's a big one. Like, people – People respect you more when you have the boundaries because most of the time they wish they could set the same boundaries. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So in like the last half of this, I kind of want to also talk about last night when we were discussing, you know, what we might Mm -hmm. talk about. When this came up, there's also the boundaries that are not your personal boundaries, so to speak, in the sense of like what we're talking about of, hey, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. But this is more leader specific. Okay. And as as you grow in your leadership responsibilities and grow in position, so as you are kind of climbing that leadership ladder, you have to, or we find ourselves setting more boundaries because of the leadership position that you're in. Well, there's, so, there's two there's two pieces of that. What you're saying? Well, I was going to say there's the you know, and you see this a lot for frontline leaders, first-line leaders mm-hmm. that were an individual contributor yesterday, and today they start moving into leadership role. Okay. And then as they climb further up you know, the leadership chain, you end up, especially at very high levels of leadership, kind of being on an island because of the boundaries that Been have there. to be set. Right, right. Because you're not able to... Um, the professional boundaries that have to be set per like labor laws or the environment or the, the procedures and policies that are in place within your organization. Yeah. And just common sense. You know, there's the stuff that is, I think, a no brainer and obvious. And any <laughs> HR person would tell you, yeah, uh, you know, the the fraternization type of stuff. And um, of course, you know, inappropriate relationships at work and and all of that. Those those are like the flashing neon light no-brainers. But what about the, and I've spent a lot of time talking to younger leaders about this, what about the, hey, you and I, we're Morgan and Jody and we're hanging out and now I'm been promoted into a leadership position. That's that's a, I always tell people, you, you learn who your real friends are when you, get, when you, when you move up a position or title um, because a, a real friend will understand and respect that you have a job to do and it's not personal. Somebody that makes it personal is is usually I think is usually upset that you got promoted or, or has that re, that resentment because you were moved up and they weren't, and so they don't know how to deal with it. But uh, what I would usually, but it comes down to like having a, a really clean and honest relationship with he, with people, um, and helping people understand. Like most times, if if I'm moving up, right. What you won't see is the conversation that up that the people that I moved up to, to 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 work with or work for they're having with me and what my expectations are. All you understand is what we used to do, and so what I've learned to do is if I've had an issue with that or if I've if I've seen other young leaders have that type of issue, um, the person that's having the issue, I would explain to them in a sense where I would ask questions like, "What do you think? Who do you think?" That, that that person has to answer to. Do you think the rules and things are still the same? Do you think um, they're able to to 
to have these discussions with anyone or, or who, whose idea was it to do that? In many cases, we get to a point where we, we think it's our, that person's like, you know, they come to me and like, why we got to do it? They mad at me, but like the three people above me made the decision. Yeah, but what are, those, what are those boundaries? What should they look like, you know, between leaders and their people? And I guess, you know, should is, is not necessarily. That's all. You say should. That was I know. That's, one. Well, and it's because it's it's different for everybody. There are organizations that are pretty fluid. I think it, for me, it's like it, it depends on the, the team, right? Um, I've had teams where we can come over. We, like you can come over to my house. I've been in those work environments like where everybody can come over and hang out. We got barbecue. I ain't got to worry about fraternization happening. I don't have to worry about people blurring the lines of leadership or the chain of command. I never had to worry about those. But then there's other people I knew lacked the maturity to do any of that, where I would go full, you know, full duty stations and not talk to, you know, not have that type of interaction with anybody because I didn't thought, I didn't think that the team or the individuals would respect those boundaries. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I had to be, it's not just like, Oh, let me do this with everybody. As a leader, I had a responsibility to be able to evaluate each individual and see what type of relationship we could, could we have. Yeah. But, if so, in, in many cases, and I think this is where a lot of people get in trouble, is they say, you know, if you're in a group of people, and I say Morgan is mature enough to come and hang out at the house this weekend, but Bob is not, so I'm going to invite yeah, can't do that Morgan and Sue and Sally, but well, not that's Bob. The hard, well, I don't like to speak about what I do. Like if 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 there was, <laughs> I would just invite them all and hope the other person didn't show up. <laughs> you know, because you have to. Like you can't. You can't show favoritism. That's the hard thing about it, sitting in that position. You, you, you know, you, you can't blur the lines even there. Well, right? I, f- I feel like the counter to that, they have to be crisp. Mm-hmm. You and, invite one, you invite all. That's the rule we had, right? If, right. If one has to come, you know, they all come. Um, but I would say <laughs> usually when you invite, you know, the four and, and that fifth one, they probably won't show up anyway. So um, it's a hard. That's that's a well. And, and that's touchy though. In my experience, as you went further up the leadership ladder, that circle gets even smaller. So yes. it's smaller. It's and lonely. It it's super lonely because you get to a point where you really can't. And I'm thinking of you know as I as I was like um, gaining seniority, if you will. I wouldn't even friend people on Facebook. If they requested to friend me, Facts. then I would friend them. But I didn't ever want anybody to feel obligated that I was oh, reaching out. Oh, I get what you're saying. You didn't reach out to nobody. You didn't send a friend's request. You, you, but you approve requests, right? Because you okay. have to consider. Well, if they get this and they don't want to be, you know, and I'm like, this is silly, but oh, if they don't want to be my yeah. Facebook friend, I don't want them to feel obligated because, you know, or the one person saying. Hey, such such sent me a friend request. Well, he never sent me one. Right. You know, social media drama. But but there's <laughs> this circle that it gets smaller and smaller, and you have to consider all these things mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because a there's you know everybody there's optics everybody's there's eyes on you. At it all sucks time. though. The it higher you up, suck. it sucks, man. Because you like you don't have the like that's where that's where I started to learn like mentors are very important because at at the, at the one level when you're down there everybody's trying to help you like every like you got to 
you got hundreds of leaders trying to give you everything you need. But as you as you move up, people expect, mm-hmm. believe that you got it all figured out. But I, I got here because people helped me get here. And I, to, for me to get better, I still need help. But then, yeah, but then if you're on an <laughs> island where, you know, and I think I'm, obviously I'm talking a lot about social type of stuff, you know, having people over the house. But that's what this house, is. And, well, because social and people skills and all that, they're so tightly interwoven that, yes, so when you are having to put these boundaries that you don't necessarily enjoy, that was the least favorite part of my job as I got higher up the food chain was the boundaries that I had to kind of put in place. You know, and if you go out with everybody, you, and they talked about this when I went through the, the Command Master Chief course, they talk okay. about, hey, understanding that when you go out, everybody's acting differently because you're there. Yeah. And they're probably not having as much fun as they want to because you're there. And, you know, the like, hey, I show up, I hang out, talk to everybody for a little while, and then leave so they can. But the young ones are talking uh, about he didn't even stay. Well, so it's like this weird, you know. You, you know, you've done it before. Yeah. Like, why well, I don't see Master Good? Why well, I don't see my boss? Where's the CEO? He's supposed to be at this stuff. He only stayed a few minutes. Well, if I'd have stayed longer, then you you wouldn't have had a good time. That's right. So I I personally would always say, all right, I'm going to get out of here so y'all can have fun. You know, and I, I think I'm personable and I love people. And so I was having good, genuine, authentic conversations and mm-hmm. interactions with people also realizing that they were on guard because I was there to some degree. You know, that, the, the flip side of that is some people have no clue that they have that effect. They say, oh, no, they fine. No, they love me being here. Mm-hmm. No, that's what they tell you, right? And even if they like you, they they they, they still going to tell you that because you're the boss. You are in charge. And so how – that's why I always tell people – this is one thing even eval is like, well – they can't do that. That's not appropriate. You know, that's not nice or that's not the rule. I was like, we're human. Humans judge. Yep. Right. They hold on to emotions. So just because the rule says this is okay, don't think that there's not human, uh, <laughs> you know, components, components there, yeah. that, that, that play yeah. a large part. Like they have to like you too. Like you just don't get anything. You might have somebody that's super logical. It's like, you know what? He does a great job. But, if you, if the most evals that I've seen, or you know, quarterly reviews, or whatever it is, there is this part where it becomes like interpersonal skills and communication, where feelings are included in that, and some people don't understand that just because they're telling you, "Oh yeah, we want you here, stay and go," and right, they they think that, but the, but as soon as you leave, they're like, "Damn, I can, I, I'm glad he left." Let's have fun. <laughs> well, and that's so I think my advice or tips for anybody listening from a leadership standpoint is it's no different setting the boundaries. It's all in what you're comfortable with. So realizing the boundaries that you're comfortable with in the context that we're using as far as social interaction with people that you work with is no different than setting your boundary for saying, no, I don't want to go do something. Right. Or this is the time that I have reserved for myself. Be upfront. Be honest. Don't wait. Don't let it fester. No, you've got to. You've yeah. got to have the courage to set your boundaries and adhere to them, right? Um, or maintain that consistency because otherwise it just looks like you're waffling. But 
also as a leader, at least in my experience, more is expected of you to go do things. So you're working all week and then there's all this other stuff that is expected, you know, that you go to this event, you go to that event, you contribute here, you contribute there. And at some point you become, again, that big pile of food instead of having things, you know, where you can say, hey, this is the weekend. I'm going to go watch my daughter play soccer. I've got these plans. I've got those plans. And I can personally think of a ton of times where I, I, my boundaries were overrun That's and huge, I had to go man. do other stuff. So what would you tell somebody, right, um, if you had a client that – was this is the big one? I, I, I've had this happen multiple times. They're always in meetings, but then they they work. They're mad because they have no time for themselves, have no time for their family, and they really don't have no time to do the work because they're in their meetings. Sometimes they need to be in them, but do you believe like every meeting needs to be had? Like, how do you how do you combat that? Well, it depends Especially on when yeah. you're growing an organization. Like, it, you feel like you need to be involved, and they need to see you being involved. That, and that depends on the, the person, the organization, all that kind of stuff. But I would say the majority of meetings are unnecessary. There's a lot of meetings that can be, you know, probably piled into one better, more efficient meeting. Mm -hmm. So there's there's that aspect of it. But that comes down to that person also setting their boundary and saying, you know, no, I don't need to be in all four of these meetings. Mm -hmm. If you're the leader, for example, right. hey, I trust you all have it. Give me the back brief on it. Or here's the one meeting where I will take in all the information that you all have had in your individual areas or whatever. Right. But that goes back to boundary setting and, you know, the, the self-awareness to say, I don't need to be in every one of those. A, that's ego, like playing into that, right? I don't I need to be, be in, in there. I want to be in control and see everything and touch everything and make yeah. every decision. Or the other side of that is my people know that I'm doing other stuff and they don't necessarily need or want me in there either. Yeah, because you could literally slow down the process and say, hey, you handle it. But as soon as you start to hear it, you're like, well, how about I do it this way? And how about I do it this way? Just I'll, I always say to people, like, I, I'll never tell the painter how to paint his picture, right? You let the artist be creative. You let them do their thing. Because the whole point of me hiring you or, or you putting you on a team is because I saw something in you that was going to be valuable for that project or for this organization. And to let that be known, I have to step back and say, you got it. Well, and I think the flip side of that, the responsibility, there is some responsibility for the team also in setting boundaries. In the example we're using where the leaders or come they in and like, all that. I got this. To say, hey, we don't need you in here. Yeah. Like this gives, let me give you, and a, a nice way to say this to people is let me give you some time back. That's a good one. You don't need to be in here for this 45-minute meeting. I'm going to give you some time back. I'll brief you on what you need to know. That's right. So boundaries, you know, as we kind of start wrapping it up here, boundaries require a lot of courage. It requires clarity. And it requires, I would say, accountability and assessment. Like you have to constantly be reassessing, is this working for me? And what do I need to stick to? And what do I need to possibly change? And being honest, right? Don't be scared to be honest. And honest doesn't mean you have to be mean or... Or, or vulgar, um, you, you can be honest and be tactful, respectful. Yeah, I would say that's the best way to be, obviously, is, is but also... Um, or harsh, you don't have to be harsh. Harsh is yeah, a good, yeah. Some like, people would think that you got to say it this way, oh, because that's the truth. 
But the truth is, you don't have to say it that way. That's right. There's a thousand ways to say no kindly. But remember, and I think the dating analogy is a, is a great one, don't string somebody along. If, if it's a hard no, then give them the no. Give them the, you know, right up front so mm-hmm. that because uh, you're buying yourself. Ultimately, you're buying yourself and them time in the sense that you're not having to deal with them constantly hitting you back for, oh, you said, you said, uh, you know, just give them that no up front. How many times I did that, man? Like, just come back later. Just come back later. Right, and they but keep just doing saying, it. You know what? I ain't going to have time to talk this week. And, and you're losing <laughs> credibility, too, when you do that because then you're going to be seen as dishonest. If you tell somebody, oh, maybe next time, but there's never a next time and they keep, you know, coming back and coming right. back, at some point, they're going to realize what's going on, and now you appear to be dishonest and disingenuous. They're going to stop coming all together. That's right. And then I, they'll go to somebody else because they know that their person, what they say, they're going to actually follow through with, with, with the parameters that they said they're going to follow. Well, and maybe they need to go to somebody else. And that's the whole point, though, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're going to build a reputation of yep. being dishonest and not speaking the truth. So I think that truth is definitely a, a massive factor, like you said, honesty, of uh, for setting boundaries. Right. And before we close up, one of the things, one of the books that I would recommend if you're interested in this is Essentialism. I think Morgan actually turned me on to this book. Yeah, Essentialism uh, is key. It is a great book and talks a lot about setting your boundaries, <laughs> setting your priority, and no. not tell, doing unnecessary stuff. That's right. And being able to tell people no and buy your time back. We don't know how much I've been into with this. Like there was a guy in the book that just thought he needed to do everything, and not only was it detrimental to his his company, but um, he lost a very significant amount of his health and his life. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it, everything that we do it does affect those around us, but it also affects us and our health. And if you're overwhelmed, you only can do so much before you smother. Yeah, and people think that's a badge of honor. Saying that nope. they're overwhelmed or busy, it's it's not. Take care of yourself and uh, set your boundaries, maintain your boundaries, Ooh. and build time for yourself. Got a, a one last book then. So you got essentialism and then the one minute manager, mm-hmm. right? When you, when they when every time you see that, the, you'll notice that the the leadership is always they they're not super busy because they've learned how to. They don't have to take on everything. That's right. Right, and so that I think that's a really a short book, super short book. Like you could probably read it in thirty minutes. Um, but it's, it, it tells a very good story on about how to utilize your team and allowing everybody to do the job that they're there to do. Perfect. All right. We all have a good day. Um, leave the reviews, leave five stars, make sure you listen to every episode. If you just your first one, go back and listen to the, the, the first one and, and catch on up. Let us know what you think and your reviews or what keep us on top and hearing your input it. Uh, on what we're doing, good or bad, was something that we always welcome. That's right. Share it with your friends, share it with your family, coworkers, anybody you think could uh, benefit from listening. And thanks for hanging out, everybody. Have a great day.